Alright, so welcome to Video Game Bullshit. Uh, I'm Jeff, Subcon3. Um, I'm on Hagen's Alley uh, at WordPress, and also on YouTube, Nintendo Age, Clav. Uh, we also got with Kyle, right? Yeah, I think I'm here. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> and we got Kevin, too, today. Hey, I'm Kevin over here for uh, KWK Box channel on YouTube and KWKBox.com. And I'm just here to BS. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Kevin, what were you talking about now? You were saying something about. Uh, oh, I was just talking about clubs? for club. Yeah, Club Nintendo wraps up by the end of this month, I believe. And if you don't, you know, cash in your points and all that stuff, you're basically SOL. They're telling you by the end of this month. Yeah, I uh, I had a couple extra points and I got the Majora's Mask bag. Okay. You went for the bag. I went for the puzzle. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I already have like a Hyrule puzzle that looks pretty awesome that I got. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, I got it online. I think on Amazon or some for ten dollars. So, I now to tell you the truth, I'm I'm kind of wrapping up some points because I need to put a few more on there so I reach platinum status for the last year, and uh, I'm probably only gonna have like three hundred left or four hundred. So I got to decide what's something that's actually worthwhile getting in those low ranges, and all there is is like greeting cards. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> really not, good stuff. It's not much of a choice there. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, <laughs> no, I actually, <laughs> I, I'm debating if I'm going to open up some of my Wii U games that are still sealed just so I can yeah. get platinum because I haven't yet. And I'm like still, I'm probably like two games away because I don't know if you, you're tracking Kyle, but like every time you buy a game, it came with code. We put the code in Club Nintendo, you get a certain amount of coins. Okay. Certain amount of coins gets you a status such as gold or platinum, and every yeah. year they have rewards for that. So you can get like gold reward, you'll get like a a poster, but platinum reward you'll get like a figure or a soundtrack. I think they did Majora's Mask one year. Yep. Soundtracks are always harder, tough to get, or at least valuable. Yeah, yeah. I've got platinum every year except for this year. I gotta get a few more things in quick to make it. I'm about a hundred short, I think. I actually didn't get my platinum reward in the mail the last time. I, like never really. That's a rip. Yeah, I was a little bit mad. To the point. Actually, of- my favorite, my favorite platinum was that you know that like whole statue thing with all the main figures. It's like in a globe that came with the question mark box. That's probably the best thing they ever did. Yeah, I definitely didn't get that. <laughs> well, it all goes into a Tupperware container to probably be sold one day. So I ain't no, got the room dude. for it now. <laughs> yeah, it's always the problem, right? Room. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I got a few items we can talk about before, um, today's guest speaker comes on. Um, basically, uh, I've been writing down as crazy shit happens during the week. Um, I basically write it down so we could talk about it. Um, so first of all, I saw that they're doing a second release possibly of the, some select amiibos and the Majora's Mask 3DS that we were talking about before. Oh boy. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I see, like, resellers scrambling, and, and it's ironic because, like, the Marth one, the Amiibo, that's, like, pretty rare. It's going for, like, $100. And even the Majora's Mask, immediately as soon as they announced the re- the redo, they actually dropped in price. Wow. <laughs> sure. It's just, it's, yeah. it's just hilarious. Like, oh, they're and, just going to make more of them, all right. Yeah. Exactly, and so then the resellers <laughs> are scrambling, so they drop price, so it sells, so that it's hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo's just time. literally printing money with these figurines, I yeah. swear. <laughs> they 
they've put out a few different reasons why they're so like short in stock. First yeah. one was there was like some kind of port strike on the West Coast in California that was prohibiting oh. some of them getting shipped over timely. Really? Yeah, and then, then the second one, I think I read it yesterday. Uh, one of the guys said that some of these amiibos are actually handmade and not mass produced, like people thought. What? Yeah. Like Which where? China? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Little kids in China working to the bone, right? That's Jeez. terrible. God. All <laughs> Exactly. Sweating to the bone. <laughs> but but that's the thing that that's a reason why that they're not coming out as quickly as people would like them to. Like they're not re-releasing them because they got to remake them. That's pretty crazy, actually. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well. Says a lot right there as far as you know the lack of them. Unless everyone's just buying them up too, so you have both those things. Yeah, the eBay hoarders. Exactly. Freaking craziness. Yeah, but I mean, you could make a living off that because Jeff and I would just go to like you know Walmart to get some beer or whatever, and we check out the amiibos and stuff, and it was like you know twelve bucks, and then you go home and like links like thirty to forty bucks, so you could go there like every day. Technically, buy all that stuff, go home, sell it, and you can, you make a killing, man. Pretty yeah. hard shift to work. But that's the whole thing. Like, if I didn't have a job, that's exactly <laughs> what I probably do. Like, you know, why well, not? The, it's all just sitting there. Like, the the issue with that though is that they're not technically rare; they're just in demand. Yeah. So all the links just grab them all up because that's like thirty bucks a piece. Yeah. Man. Well, I mean, the, the problem that I see right now with the whole uh, – it's going to be like the Beanie Baby fad almost. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah, I've seen – like I've already begun to see people on Facebook posting up their entire Amiibo collection already for sale. I agree so, with Jeff. Yeah. I can see and, it. I can see it. And basically, like, you just see it. Like, people are just like, I'm done because it's too hard to hunt. My, my one buddy, Wiz, he said he was looking out – and that was a uh, – the guy who's dressed like the spaceman at the Halloween party, Kyle, oh. <laughs> for your yes. reference. But, um, yeah, <laughs> button burster. Wow. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he, um, said that he got out of it because it was too much gas to go hunting for the ones that he was missing. Cause he was going around just around our town wow. where, I, where I used to live. And it's pretty crazy. Like, <laughs> Real question is, which one's going to be the Benny the Bull beanie baby, you know? You just want to get that one, cash out, and call it a day. <laughs> that would have been the the first initial three, I think. The I, um, What about that Villager, gold that's coming out with Mario Party 10? That's that's the next one that I actually put up on the, um, the, the news list. There's a gold Mario, it's exclusive to Walmart, and it's sold out in, like, seconds. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it sold out in seconds this week. <laughs> it went up on Walmart.com and it was it sold out. Um, it it doesn't come with Mario Party 10. Mario Party 10 comes with a Mario amiibo. Oh, I thought if you bought a yeah. special one from Walmart, it came with it in the game, but I didn't look into it as deeply. Yeah, I, I mean, I pre-ordered the Mario one, but I I think I did it on Amazon or something. But I um, gotcha. Yeah, but there's an actual gold one. And it sold out in seconds, so that that could be your you know NWC or Gold Zelda of Amiibos. Yeah, all these like collector item things are getting out of hand. Just the other day, because I I kind of forgot about it, and uh, I want to keep up with the the new Batman that's coming out, and I was going to mm-hmm. go to reserve it, and he's like, well, which which do you want to reserve? I'm like, the game. <laughs> he's like, well, 
we got the $300 version and it comes with a Batmobile. <laughs> we have the $200 version that comes with Batman. And then we just yeah. have, you know, the normal one. I'm like, dude, it's a game, not a console. <laughs> yeah, that was seriously like last week when me and Kyle were talking about when I went and pre-ordered Mortal Kombat X. They asked me if I wanted the limited edition. It was like 160 or $180. And you got a giant Ooh, scorpion. Well, and what <laughs> yeah, do you get? You get, what do you get? A plastic figurine? Thank goodness. Get yeah, a hundred bucks extra. It's ridiculous. Like a, yeah, like a big scorpion statue, but I don't know the quality. So if yeah. I'm going to spend $100, I could get like an awesome one. Better be solid gold. <laughs> that's the whole problem it's not <laughs> yeah. exactly the people are still buying it and... unfortunately <laughs> it's awesome but I mean just just think of the direction the kind of gaming industry is going because everything's going to digital download and people got to kick and scream to get a physical copy of a game people still want to make money that own businesses that are producing like the plastics for physical games and that. So the next thing is, Hey, here's the digital download and then we'll mail you a figurine. So then somebody else can still produce something and make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just That's a different sick. racket. Yeah. <laughs> different racket. Hilarious. Supply and demand, you know, yeah. it always talks. It's, it's so true though. How you guys doing? Good. Uh, we're hanging out. We uh, we started up a little bit. We've been bullshitting about the um the amiibo madness right now. Oh Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're talking about that gold Mario sold out in like seconds and all the craziness behind it. <laughs> so that gold Mario is a real thing. Oh yeah, Walmart I, exclusive. I didn't even know. I thought it was just some. I don't know. I, <laughs> I stopped following that amiibo stuff after I saw people were. You know, grabbing them up to sell at higher prices. I was like, I'm just ignoring all this crap. Yeah, it's like Black Friday all over again. It's all crazy. <laughs> well, I, I guess we should probably in, intro you, Rob. Uh, so on the podcast right now, we got Rob Bryant. He's Roth over on uh, Nintendo Age. Uh, Slide Dog Studios is where you work at, right? That's correct. Yeah, he's an NES developer. So I don't know if you want to do a little bit of a bio on yourself, Rob. I've been programming the NES myself for about, it's probably six or seven years, something like that. And, uh, been doing m most things by myself. And then finally, uh, my buddy Sean, lifelong, lifelong friend of mine, he, uh, finally jumped on board to do graphics and also to do, you know, all the, uh, design with me and everything. So we're collaborating and it's working out pretty well. That, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so basically, you just had the Mad Wizard released, right? Just, just, uh, I think February 12th or 13th, something like that. Holy crap! Yeah, because I mean, I tried that out with you when we were drinking heavily at the family reunion. Yes. <laughs> last, oh yes. Last summer. Yeah, and that was that was amazing, and I, I still go on the record saying that that's 
my favorite homebrew, not even really homebrew, new NES release to date. It doesn't feel like a homebrew. No, wow. it, it really doesn't. And this is Kyle. Uh, and uh, Kevin, who's also on the line, him and I were playing it last night. And it was, we, were, we were just saying, if if this was released in the day, yeah. man, it, it would have been huge. Like, a whole review on it we filmed, and we, we praised the game. It's definitely well made. Very good mm-hmm. job. Yeah, the graphics, too. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was telling them about how it's like um it's part of a bigger story, but you're like basically you're working on what like thirty games or something insane, aren't you? Yeah, we have uh twenty games planned, not all within the Candelabra uh fantasy world, but we yeah. have somewhere around twenty games. Cool. Now now wasn't there actually a a main Candelabra game or is that just the world? Uh, the Candelabra is kind of an idea that came about from RPG Maker on PS1. Oh, and uh, good time. I, I I never got much done on it, but I was you know working on it you know way back when. I didn't know anything about programming or anything like that. I was just like, hey, look, I can finally make a game. Right. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was so tedious. Yep. So I, I never finished anything with it but you know i always had like candelabra you know if i ever had a fantasy series you're a game you know candelabra and uh great name and um i i just decided you know i was going to make a uh, 3d maze game that candelabra estosro you know people have seen that video up on our youtube channel Slidog studios absolutely <laughs> and uh you know so that's that was what I was going to have was that as that game, just a 3D maze game. But then that's when Sean started coming in. I finally said, hey, look, I need some graphic work done. You know, I always liked your artwork when we were kids. I think it would go well. You know, it would meld well into the NES. And um, he was like, okay, what do you need? You know, so I got him to do those portraits. And uh, then he started working on making the maze look better and all that. It got to this point where it's about 85 to 90 percent done right now. It got to this point where we're like, you know, why don't we tell this the story of each of these individual characters before they get to this actual, you know, Estosero. And so what's going to happen is we're going to have one game for each of them. Oh, I see. (laughs) Each of the each of the three characters. Wow. It's um, almost like Dragon Warrior 4, how you play oh with God. each guy, and then you play with the party. Right. Wow. All come together. And then uh, there's also some other stuff that's going to go around in there. And then there's going to be some other games, uh, a couple of other games after Candelabra Estosero, before the full story is told of nice. what we're doing here. That's, that's okay. like, seriously, that's epic as hell. Because, like, now the Mad Wizard, who... I've gotten through the the game entirely, which was a pain in the ass, by the way, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's very fun, you know. You gotta have that but, challenge, um, too, though, yeah. So you're telling me, though, that I get to use the Mad Wizard in the main Candelabra quest? Uh, that's who it is. That's uh, the third character at the bottom of the screen on Candelabra's Dossero. Uh That is him. That is Heckle. Yes. That's That's amazing. <laughs> I, I remember um, a story you told me uh, while we were drinking around the outside bar 
had a oh gosh, what was it? Oh gosh. <laughs> All right, so, so so basically, you had a story behind. I want to say the second boss, and it was like like I think it was what Beansy and Flurry. Oh, Beansy and Flurg, yes. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't think Kyle and Kevin got into the game that far because they both um were trying to demo out. I'm not sure how far the yeah. demo goes. I, and that was kind of a problem we were having in the video. We didn't know how long the demo went. Did it come to like an obvious point that said, okay, buy it now? Or <laughs> we kind of got stuck, yeah, actually. The demo's only uh, about nine screens long. Okay, so um, is it like where the tree is? You can't go past the tree. It like blocks off. Yeah, and you like go up. Yes, and then you should have gotten an item that can uh, get you across that gap at some point. Yeah, but uh, you can't go past the tree, though. We got to the point where we could get to the gap, though. Oh, uh, but did you uh, get up, like, where you go up the tree and then to the left and you fight that gargoyle? I don't remember fighting a gargoyle. Nah. You probably missed, like, a power-up or something. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll have to send you a link to the video. Yeah. You, can, you can criticize how bad we did. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did pretty good for the first time playing. And the question is, so like, when all the characters come together, are are they all going to be like, like fully charged? Like how you start with all your uh, meters are like really low, and then slowly but surely you fill them up, you know, to where you can float fast and far and stuff like that. So in the new game, is it going to pick up from that point? No, you will have to start. Uh, there will be a reason that oh. you will have to start nice. from basically scratch. Yeah, like someone like strips all your powers away or something. Some such. Yeah. Nice. Cool. <laughs> That's perfect. It's awesome. You're doing like a Tolkien world almost. It's yeah. pretty amazing. I don't know of any other homebrew that does anything like this. I think it's going to be remarkable, actually. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping so. <laughs> well, I'll be pushing for you. Keep cranking out good games like this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... I would say we got sidetracked off the uh, the Beansy and Fleur story though that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah sidetrack yeah. masters. <laughs> oh, we are. We're, we're the bullshit masters. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Flurg, That's a that's a new name. That's uh, kind of irrelevant except for the fact that he's the bird. Yeah. Um, Beansy was originally thought up by my son, my oldest son Jeremiah, um, when he was young. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he would want to design his own game. So he would come up with, like, boss names. And the last boss of this game that he was designing he, uh, was named Beansy. And, you know, I, I just thought that was the funniest thing, you know. It's the last boss of, a, you know, some game. And it has <laughs> yeah. this menacing name of Beansy, you know. Yeah, kind, of like, <laughs> kind of like naming your goldfish Fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> right. He described him as being... So many different kinds of things, but the one thing that stuck out to me was uh, being a giant purse. You know, Beatsy's a giant purse. I'm like, oh, oh Honky Kong purse? Like, no clue. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we thought it'd be great to, you know, throw Beatsy in as a boss and, you know, give him a different identity, of course, but uh, kind of a silent shout out to Jeremiah. Nice. That's cool. That's the unique things that make good games. So I'm glad you got that in there. <laughs> that's awesome, though. That that's like the little stuff and the little details you put into the Mad Wizard is what like really makes it for me, for sure. Cool. And yeah, and I mean, I appreciate you actually let me beta test as you were, you know, releasing the game. So I got to experience it like months back and got to beat it and everything. Right. Freaking amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah. So uh, one little tradition we do on the uh, the podcast, though, Rob, is uh, we, we haven't done it yet. So I held off. Is uh, first of all, so so what are you drinking tonight, Rob? Uh, uh what is it? Guinness draught <laughs> and uh, nice. uh, what is this? Clan McGregor. Clan McGregor and Guinness. What what about you, yeah. Kyle? Good old Coors standby. <laughs> Coors Light, you know, classic. <laughs> Nice. And uh, what about you, Kevin? Oh, just Bacardi and Coke for me. Keeps my nerves still. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I got a traditional yingling lager that I'm drinking. (laughs) Alcohol of plenty. All right. So, Rob, do you have any extra um, games that you would like to foreshadow or hint at besides for the Candelabra saga? Um, well, actually, we have another game from Candelabra. We're going to be dropping the demo sometime this month. Nice. Um, nice. Uh, the game is complete. We're working on the manual for it right now. Ah. Um, are you are you doing an on-game manual like in Mad Wizard? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's an awesome standard, by the way. That same awesome. Same style, layout, you know, same look to it. Nice. Nice. That's a good idea. So, so now is this game that's completed that another character? It actually is not. Oh, interesting. Uh, we we took a detour uh, from the three main characters. I, I don't want to give out any spoilers, so I'm trying to think of how to work around this. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. <laughs> Spoiler muffs type thing. We don't want to have to do that. It's it's a game. Of collecting, but at the same time, it's a shooter. Mm. Um, hmm. Guardian was. It's, <laughs> it's it's going to be it's I, I I can't I don't know how to describe it, but you'll be taking on the role of someone, of course. Now, but, now you say it's a shooter. Is it going to be side or top down? Side, side, view. side. Nice. Sounds like Zexus. <laughs> Yeah, as if it'd be a top-down, it'd be more on the lines of the King's Knight, because it's, like, in the world of Candelabra. Right. But since it's side, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, uh, it's very... It's got some unique controls to it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guarantee that people will be like, wow, what the... I don't even know. <laughs> it's uh, It'll be interesting, and the more... Uh, it'll be even more fun when people play it as two-player mode. Oh. Uh, oh, wow. Yes. Like Crisis Force. Or... It's, uh, it, it, it'll be interesting. <laughs> I, I think people will like it a lot. We're pretty excited to see how it's recepted. And that's the thing that's crazy, though, with you, though, is with Sly Dog Studios, like, you've, like, progressed exponentially, I think, in games. I don't, I don't uh, know if you... Yes, most most definitely. Uh, matter of fact, this next game that's about to drop, uh, I I learned a lot programming wise. Um, I mean, a lot. I, I it's like I had a burst of you know, hey, I finally figured this out after all these years. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you can see the progression if you go back from you know even Tic Tac XO to Pegs. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, snail maze game. Yeah, they're all like simple single screeners, and then all of a sudden you can tell in your programming and your releases when certain things started to click. Yeah, 
most definitely. I, I definitely agree with you. I started programming a little bit with the uh, Nerdy Knights on Nintendo Age, like the little tutorial. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I hit a, a point where I didn't get past the plateau. And I know I've talked with Kahan before about it. And basically, when you're programming for the NES, you kind of hit, like, plateaus where you, like, get stuck like a glass ceiling. And all of a sudden, it, you just get it. And I haven't gotten it past, like, single screen world yet. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, it's definitely what happens. Like, something just cool. kind of clicks in your head, and and then it opens up so many more possibilities. And that's one of the things that happened with this game, this one coming up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I was going to I was gonna ask, when me and Kyle were playing, um, just because we don't know as much about for programming NES games, um, with the Mad Wizard, is it because of the technology of today that you could make it that optimally, or would it actually be the ability to make it back in the same time Nintendo was, you know, out? You could make that same game with the same technologies that were available in that time era. Does that make sense? Yeah, it would have been possible. Totally possible. Okay, it would have been. That's that's pretty cool to know. I didn't know if there's, like, newer tools that you use today that just make it that it wouldn't have been possible to actually fully utilize the Nintendo games like they do to today's standards, if that makes sense. No, it's uh, it's actually, it's something Sean and I have talked about, is that, you know, it's like a game that comes out in 1986, with yeah, the way, yeah. with the design, the way uh, we made it look, you know, mm-hmm. with the nice, solid black backgrounds, similar to, like, mm-hmm. Metroid, for instance, or... Uh, Runner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, like, games like that. Uh, no, yeah, it would have well, been it would have been totally possible back then. Oh, that's cool to yeah. know. I mean, that's just more original feeling when you hear those reassurances that people are more technical on it. It's really cool. It's like, hey, that could have been possible if you were in the right place at the right time back then. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it's not like you use like a special chip to be able to unlock extra RAM or extra stuff like we've seen well, in certain. Yeah, games. I know that. I was just saying, like the software development tools of today may be more sophisticated than the software developer tools of back then. I thought they might have evolved or something. That's why I was asking. Oh well, I'm sure the tools are better. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. They would have been able to do you know any any of this stuff that any of us home brewers have done. You know, they they would have been able to. Do just, just maybe not as easy. Uh, might have taken longer, you know. But I think they they generally had uh, more people yeah, on their teams, true. so that that oh, would have cut down time. I mean, for your game, how much manpower was it? Just you and your friend, or just all you on the Mad Wizard? Yeah, just uh, me and Sean, and wow. you know, letting people beta test it. You know? Yeah, that, yeah, that's madness. Just two people can crank out something that that great. You know what I mean? Imagine so, if you had a full team. <laughs> I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, I didn't program the actual music engine. That's okay. uh, Drag programmed that, and he let nice. it. It's the same one that I think was used in the first Battle Kid, and I think the second Battle Kid he he used uh, an updated version of that, and I just never updated because I'm stubborn. Okay. <laughs> the thing I noticed in Battle Kid was there was a song in there that was actually in the Nerdy Knights tutorial. So does that Nerdy Knights tutorial use that same system? Oh, the Metal Slime? The one that Metal Slime made? Yeah. Oh, I I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Uh, yeah, because it was in Battle Kid 1. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because I was like, I was playing um, Battle Kid and I'm like, wait, that sounds familiar. And then I was going through and messing around with the programming and I'm like, that's the same song. Because, I mean, I'm one of the people that played 
a ridiculous amount of battle kit back in the day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched. <laughs> I, I was one of the guys who did the speed run, and I actually got a copy of the second limited edition because I, I basically beat the TAS version, the tool-assisted runs. <laughs> yeah, you totally destroyed it. I was, I was going to ask about the music, though, because that's been in my head, like, all day. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was playing it uh, last night, as as we mentioned. But yeah, it's just kind of, you know, going over and over in my head. Something, something about that. Um, the game was originally going to be just an in ROM, which you know is uh, basically what Super Mario Brothers is in. Yep. And we didn't have a whole lot of space, so we had to, you know, fit all the screens, all the gameplay, enemies, you know, everything, plus the music in there. Wow. And into uh, 32 kilobytes. So the music, you know, would have been like longer. You know, songs would have been longer. There would have been more uh, pieces to the part, you know, like A, B, A, B, C, A, B or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, instead of like the loop. Right. Which and, it's, uh, it's not that short. It's still know, catchy like, enough, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, when you're yeah. putting ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag, it sounds like. <laughs> right. That's uh that's what we had to uh <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We we tried to cram as much shit in there as we could. <laughs> that's, that's what makes a great product, man. <laughs> oh so, Lord. So now when you go back and play these old games, you probably see it like in a whole different light. Some games as yeah, like uh some games I'll actually stop and I'll see I'll, something will catch my eye and I'll go, huh, wonder how they did that, you know. But uh, luckily that hasn't grabbed hold of me too bad. I've 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 seen people like devers who quit devving because it spoiled games for them and they couldn't enjoy the games. They said, oh, and, uh, so uh, because all they I've only seen one or two devers say something like this though. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that hasn't happened to me where I'm just constantly looking at every little thing and going, how do you do that? How do you, do, you know, I can still sit back and enjoy the games. Yeah, because you ultimately have to come back to why you got in the games in the first place, which is to play them, of course. You know? Yes. You can't forget about that aspect, of course. That was okay. actually part of our podcast last week was uh, actually collecting versus, you know, playing games and things. And, yes. And, and, and devving brings on a whole nother aspect to that it does <laughs> yeah and i mean i'm completely and so is kyle we're both ocd to a fault like completely obsessive compulsive <laughs> and that's why i had to stop devin because like i would drive myself nuts to the point where i would keep going until i mastered it and you know as you know that doesn't happen right <laughs> perfection so hard to reach <laughs> that point yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean, being a developer like that, when you kind of got the knowledge and you start creating these games, do you start looking at the games in like a whole different light? You know what I mean? It, you can't just be ignorance is bliss when you play a game. You like sit there and you're like, oh, that was cool to program instead of just enjoying the game now. <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm saying. I haven't gotten to the point where it overwhelms me, that's but I good. do see things, you know, and I go, oh, that was cool. I wonder what they did, or I bet they did. <laughs> you know, they did this like such and such, or if I was going to pull that off, I would try to, you know, whatever it is. Oh, but, definitely. Uh, yeah, it, it hasn't overtaken me, thankfully. 
<laughs> well, at least you can have a different appreciation for games other than just us enjoying to play them. You can be like, man, that must have been a pain in the butt to, you know, make or whatever now. So that's pretty cool. Exactly. Yes. Just, just another reason to stay liquored up, actually. Keep your mind at that. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> like most of us would say, like Capcom and Konami games are, you know, some of the best programmed ever. Would Is there any game, you know, in the whole library that stands out to you or, or games? Uh, programming wise or yeah, play gameplay yeah, wise? Just strictly programming wise. From uh, lens. well, definitely Battletoads. Battletoads is just uh, like that revolution, the tower, the, the background with the moving snakes, the different parallax scrolling, the speed of things. Uh, it's just, that is a, an amazing piece of art in my opinion. Yeah, Rare's badass. And yes. this, this, this whole time I thought he was going to say King's Quest V made by Konami. <laughs> um, another one would be uh, Batman Return of the Joker. Oh, that's a cool game. Yeah. I, I, I wish they would have worked on the uh, controls a little bit more because I feel like he's a little too stiff. But uh, the graphics and all that kind of—it's just really amazing. They've got really good music because it's Unsoft, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Now, now you mentioned controls. Um, one of the things that we've talked about in the past is um, a lot of the NES games seem to be lazy ports of like Commodore programmed games, mm-hmm. and especially like some of them that you know where they have the notorious up for jumping or like the you know ice skating controls and things. It just seems like they just did a one for one port from like a Commodore game or something and didn't refine from there. I don't know if you've noticed anything like that. Well, there's certain games that, like, slippery controls, for instance, I think work on. Um, but but then it takes the player to want to master those controls. Like, for me, I, most people don't like the game, but I absolutely love Predator. Um, the, oh, wow. There's just something about that platforming. And, you know, once once you start learning, you know, how to control the slipperiness... Just moving along, jumping, jumping, jumping. It's like, to me, it's one of the best platformers on the system. So it's a little disheartening when everybody's always like, oh, I can't stand that game. I'm like, oh, come on. Is that man, the game with great. Big Mode? Yes. <laughs> he likes Big Mode. That's cool. <laughs> I love that game. Yeah, I actually love to hear that because so many people don't get that. Like, there's a game for everyone. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know? Like, it just how, how your mind works, it's kind of like uh, sports. Like, you, you may be good at baseball, but you suck at hockey. Like, there's just a certain game you, you're awesome at, and other ones you're just not. You know, it's just kind of how the brain works, I think. Can't all be phenomenal at Fester's Quest. Yeah, and I used to date a girl who was awesome at that game. She could blaze through it. And she was like, this is easy. And, and you didn't even knew. marry her? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably a mistake. Yeah, um, <laughs> for, for real. It, it was like she she made it look simple. Man, you know? <laughs> hmm. it was like barrier. <laughs> Hilariousness. So now that that almost makes me want to go back and play Predator and you know give it like another shot. Yeah, Predator's just, pretty cool. I don't know about the pink pink pants he wears though. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies like ever. So yeah, the. Pink, I was gonna mention that. That's that's just a feature, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That I always thought the music was pretty cool. It's just yeah. kind of creepy. That mm. you know, it's just like droning a little bit in the background. It's neat. But that might be one that we should uh do for homework in the near future. Yeah. <laughs> Some bullshit yeah, work. Just 
Rob, I don't know. Were you able to uh, tackle the homework this week? I did. I, you did. So we could uh, transition. What are, what's our time count right now, Kyle, on the podcast for the recording? Looking about 46 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we could, we could cover a little bit of the, uh, the bullshit homework for the week. Um, I don't know, uh, if you were tracking, Kevin, I assume so, since, you know, um, Kyle was hanging with you yesterday, but, uh, basically our bullshit homework was Wrecking Crew. Okay. Um, it's a game that we all felt like last week we felt we hadn't played it enough, and that's kind of how we're going to do this bullshit homework is it's games that we haven't played enough that we should dedicate, you know, at least a week just, you know, playing it. All right. Um, and, nice. and so, yeah, so I, I send it over to Rob because I, you know, he's going to be a part of us this week. Um, cool. and, and so basically, um, we'll let Kyle go first, um, and talk about your experience with it this week. Cool. Yeah. I, so I, um, started playing it and the first thing that I thought of was like burger time because you can't, you can't like kill the, the guys outright. There's a certain, Magic hammer you can get if you break, like, there's bombs on each of the boards, and if you hit one of the bombs when one of the creatures is near you, he gets hit too. But um, if you hit those bombs in a certain order, and I think it starts at phase four, if you hit in a certain order and you hit the last one, it basically only matters that you hit the last one, whichever one in the board, and it has, like, a certain uh, item, basically. And if you didn't get the order right, it gives you... Not the magic hammer, but it gives you something else so you at least know that's the last bomb. And then the next time you play the magic hammer, you can destroy all of the stuff in the board with one hit. And you can also stun the creature guys that are, like, walking toward you and stuff. So that was the first thing I thought was, like, that confinement feeling of, like, you can't kill that creature. And he's, like, coming at you and you have to, like, get away as, as fast as you can. I was like, man, that's pretty, like, nerve-wracking, you know, like, it, which is awesome. It puts you in, like, a survival mode. Each level has its little puzzles. Some are easy, some are hard. I'm sure for different people, it's different. The eggplant thing was really, like, interesting, too, because I was thinking, man, it was like, eggplants are in, like, a lot of NES games, like Adventure Island. You have the eggplants when you get certain eggs, and it, like, drains your health. Yep. And then there's the eggplant wizards. In Kid Icarus. Icarus, which turn you into, <laughs> so I so I, I was like, and and hell? believe it or not, Ice Climber also has a plant at the top of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, and there's like tons of them, I guess, and like throughout the gaming. So I'm like, what's the hell's with this the eggplant thing? I never think I I've eaten eggplant. I actually did some research, and it's weird because like in Japan, it's considered good and bad. Because hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, I like McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, like if made wrong, it's like Brussels sprouts. Oh, so so maybe that's why it, it always seems to be like a negative connotation. But um, I was I was reading up on it. And I was like, I just had to know. I've been wondering that for a while. The Japanese culture just interests me. But I guess one of the guys who programmed Kid Icarus, uh, Toru Asawa, he um just loved eggplant. So then he, he loved. <laughs> And he, he like loved Wrecking Crew too. So I was like, so I just put it in there. I'm like, all right. And I'm steak or lobster. We're doing eggplant. Yeah, like, okay, man. And there was some weird ass thing. Like if you dream the first of the year, 
if your first dream involves a hawk, Mount Fuji, and an eggplant, you're like gonna have good luck for that year. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Put that on my like, dream list. Like who who comes up with these? Like? <laughs> those are my those are my daily wet dreams actually. Oh. Yeah, I feel a lot better about my dream on New Year's. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, so I just thought I'd mention that. It's just weird. Oh, um, it's a fun fact. Yeah, and um, I got past stage ten. I think a few more after that, and I was like, cool. And and then I um, tested stage one hundred, and I was like, damn, because the yeah. thing is, oh, you, yeah. you can choose your stage, and that's yep. what, what Jeff and I were talking about. How it's like a pro and a con because. You can reset because you almost have to because you can get like stuck in like a level if you do it wrong because mm-hmm. you know something that you have to destroy is like high up and you can't reach it now because you've destroyed like a ladder that leads to that. So then you if you press select it resets, but from the title screen you can select the round that you want. So it's kind of like uh, Doctor Mario. Hmm. I guess the yeah. downside for me is that you have to play each level perfectly if you want like a, like a high score run you get one chance. Yeah, it's a one-taker. Because if you get stuck, it doesn't matter how many lives you have. And this guy's complaining who does a one, oh, no death run on Alone in the Dark. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I, like, look at games, because I do, like, the no death run stuff. Try to, like, beat a game without dying or, you know, stuff like that. And when I look at a game like that, I'm thinking, like, how nerve-wracking that would be. Like, how long that would take me to memorize every one of those levels. So <laughs> that was my experience. Uh, Kevin, did you play the game at all this week? Um, I didn't get the assignment. The last time I played it actually was on the <laughs> NES Remix, so, I mean, I can relate off that. <laughs> Where they had challenges in it, because it was in the NES Remix when that came out. But, um, yeah, that one back in the day, I remember as a kid, I, I played it, and I was, like, over it in, like, five minutes. It just was not clicking with me, that type of... I like Zelda puzzles where I can stab things, not just run around with a hammer, you know? I'll keep to Donkey Kong for that. <laughs> Yeah, but. so um, my little experience with it, um, my whole collection's in transition, so I actually didn't have an NES to play, but I do have my 3DS, and because I was an early ambassador, I did have access to Wrecking Crew, so hmm. I was playing on the 3DS. It was a straight, you know, Wii Shop or however is it Nintendo eShop or something. E-shop. Eshop. Yeah, yeah, it was an eShop download, so it's just a strict NES port. I mean, um, so yeah, I was playing this. I know it's the same thing with the um the levels. Uh, I I think I got about a hundred and twenty one thousand for my top score during the week. I would play it. I would dedicate each night to playing a few times. The one thing that you know is a pro and con for me, and like me and Kyle, we email throughout the week. Um, while while we're at work and all that. Um, the, my, my pro and con was the whole level selection itself because it's all, it's freeing and limiting. Once you have access to switching levels, like, why should I keep starting over? I should, I want to master each level. And it was like overwhelming, like Kyle was saying. So since I've gotten older, I've gotten much more disciplined. What I did was I made sure I had to start at level one each time. Nice. So, right, there we go. So that's a good way to do it. Like set the goal, you know. Yeah. So so there was no skipping around. Now now I did try level one hundred. Discipline. And I was able to get through level one hundred. It was a pain in the ass. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that one was wild. Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's like a certain way. If you do it, it's not bad. You just have to know which ladder to hit, kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, I just ran from the guys at the beginning, and then. 
uh, they all like go insane around the level, but I just kind of worked my way down the screen. Yes. Yeah. How I did it. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was the way that I had to tackle Wrecking Crew though, was I had to actually go start from level one each time because otherwise, like, I felt like being able to start wherever you want, it was like, there's too much because there's like, well, if I'm going for a high score, maybe I started a certain level and I mastered those 20 levels and I can just breeze through them and, you know, rack mm-hmm. up like a million points. Yes. Yeah. Instead of starting at level one and then maybe like level nine, I have trouble with each time or something. You know what I mean? Like that, those kind of things are what keep me up at night. so uh so what about you rob what's your experience with the game this week well it's interesting that you said uh you guys pick games that you haven't played very much and uh that's exactly what this was when you said wrecking crew i went huh that's funny i haven't played that much so this will be fun (laughs) exactly Um, you know i put it in and i was uh at first i died right away you know and I figured out what was going on. I went on Nintendo Age and looked up the manual just to uh get a better grounding of what was going on with the game. And uh I think it's a really good game. Yeah, me too. I I have problems with puzzle games though. Like they're strictly pu- like I think the best puzzle game on the NES is probably Fire and Ice. Oh yeah. Uh, absolutely. I, I, I liked Lolo series. Yeah, Lolo was cool. It's hard for me to sit through these kind of games. And uh I I've got to I think probably phase sixteen, nineteen, something like Pretty that. Good. And That's I was cool. doing the same thing where I'd start from the beginning because you know, what what's the point in holding down B when I can just press start and start moving? You know, yep. just get get going. Yeah. I liked a lot of the things that were included in it, like the doors, for instance, you know, where you would hit the door and, and run through it. Yeah, and then they're in the background, you know, as like yeah, a like shadow world. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, that's oh, that's really neat. I think it was Kyle who mentioned the last item you pick up or whatever, if you can spell out Mario or something. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I didn't know that it, it was the last item. If it, give, if it gave you something different, then you knew that was the last one you had to hit. Right. So I didn't know that. I'm glad you said that. I might go back and try try that again see what it's like yeah, i had no clue about that either till he he t- talked about it either yeah i started reading about strategy because that's where my brain went like there, like there has to be a way like what's you know the best way and I, I thought the whole door thing was great too there's a game on famicom called door door and you yeah. have to do just that like you open doors and trap people in and then like close it and that's how you like get rid of the enemy so check that one out too I that was hotel mario for like the magnavox cdi Yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> but overall, I think it's a solid game. It's not something that's going to hold my attention for too long, though, because, you know, puzzle games just, there, there's a limit for myself, you know. I do think it's solid, though, and I like the way it plays, and I like that you're Mario, you know, an, an early Mario game. I, I like that. Solid. This was the only game that I had as a kid, like, nowadays. Oof. I would love to, like, go back and, like, destroy it. Because yes. if that was the only game that I had, you know, you would memorize like every little nuance. You could do it in your sleep. So it could be fun if you had that experience. But it's it's hard for me. Like I I didn't sit at work being like, man, I really want to play Wrecking Crew right now. <laughs> you know, it, no, that that never happened. But that's 
That's just <laughs> happened with Mad Wizard, I'd... though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I would rather play Mad Wizard any day, because <laughs> um, that's more my style, like the fantasy, and then you know, getting power ups and kind of like free roaming side scroller. Well, it's a balance of action and puzzle. That's the best way to do it, like a Zelda, you know. Yep, the balance. <laughs> I'm actually surprised when I was reading online because I was looking up a little bit about the game when I had time at work. People kept saying, uh, I mean, they kept saying it's like Mega Man. I don't understand the relation of Mega Man to it. I thought it was more of a Metroid slash Lolo kind of game to me. I don't know why people are like, yeah, it's like Mega Man. I don't it's see like any bat- relation there. Yeah, I think the guy's blue. Like Mega Man, <laughs> Battle Kid's that. Sean and I, when we saw that, you know, because people saw screenshots and they saw the video. And I don't know who the first website was that made the Mega Man equivalency. Yeah. But Sean and I, we were on the phone, and I was like, where are they getting Mega Man from? <laughs> and, and he's like, I don't fucking know. You know, yeah. like, I don't know. So, I mean, uh, you want to take it, it's like a compliment that, you know, such a great game you're being compared to, but in the same token, you're like, where's this coming from? <laughs> Right. Like, did you even watch it at all? You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, look at a picture. Blue character, Mega Man. <laughs> right. Not Papa Smurf, <laughs> Mega Man. <laughs> Can't base it off a screenshot, people. Come on. Well, yeah. What was one of the things that Dane said at the reunion? I think he said something about like Pitfall, and I think that just had to do with the um the transition music that you used in Mad Wizard. It was like two notes, and it was the same transition they used in Pitfall. <laughs> Pitfall really? two, actually. Pitfall oh, to no. the Lost Caverns. Was that maybe uh Penguin? Because Penguin it, was talking about some sort of music, and he said he thought he heard something similar in another it, game. Yeah, it was it was me and Penguin were talking about. I think I don't know if I figured it out camp out or later, but I think it was later I figured it out. And it was it was Pitfall to the Lost Caverns. I will have to I will have to look at that NSF and listen to it. Yeah, because I mean it goes do 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 and it does it does it does the same thing though, and I won't quit my day. That was that was awesome. That was so awesome. That's a pitfall too. I could recognize it at least. To me, the only thing that I can think of on that system is like a Metroid because you get an item and now you get can get somewhere else. Exactly. Yes. You're like I, unlocking I the map slowly but surely, you know, like Symphony of the Night type stuff. Yeah. Which is so rewarding when you get back to that spot and you're like, I got you now. You know, yeah. <laughs> feels good. I, I think in my review I wrote Metroidvania, but there's really no Vania too, and it's more just strictly Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's yeah, slow paced uh, though, which I like. I like the slow paced. There's no real rush because when you get to a, to each level, each screen, there's like a little safe spot where you can kind of gather yourself. I like that. Yes. With the, de- the design, overall design of it, we wanted it to be real methodical. Absolutely. We had talked about, after, after the fact, we had talked about it. Like, you know how you move on the game. You press once, and it's like fire and ice. You move the 16 pixels. Yes. And uh, we had talked about it 
after we'd finished the game, if it had been like, uh, for instance, Gargoyle's Quest, which has uh, the uh, levitate, you know, you fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's all yeah, it's all pixel precise. If we had gone that route, we think it would have been way harder, you know, to judge distance of how how far you can make it in levitating, putting down an item, and that kind of stuff. So uh, I think it worked out best that we had the 16 pixel movement going on. Oh, and also, like one thing that Kyle and Kevin didn't experience. And it was one thing that you were you kept hinting at is once you get a power up about you know a quarter to maybe halfway through the game you quicken your levitation speed the game changes. Yes. Oh my yes. god, it becomes amazing. The levitation <laughs> potion that's one of my favorite power ups of the entire game. Oh my god, yeah, and I think we got that. That was like by the tree, right? That you had to get past the big gap. That yep. it, sp- it sped up. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. And you're like, now I'm cooking. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. That's what I said in the video. I'm like, all right, now we're moving. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the, the full the, game, you get that. You can get that as uh, the fourth item, I believe, is the okay. earliest you can get it. Uh, I saw somebody on Nintendo Age actually made a uh, mini review, like five sentences or whatever, and <laughs> they they said something like, every power up really really rewards you like it's like you yep. feel really empowered like oh wow this new this new power is crazy like i feel constant, great constant reward yeah. and, and mm-hmm. benefit and that's what keeps you involved and ultimately. what's what's cool is it allows you to cuz you have to backtrack a few times a lot of times it allows you yes. to traverse differently which is really awesome so now that you have the the zoom across the screen you know power up now you can do that on every screen and go do some crazy shit which i always enjoy yes <laughs> one thing Sean talked about after the fact of the game being uh finished he's he said uh there's one part that he uh wished that we would have done we didn't even talk about it or think about it before, but he came up with this idea. Uh, you know that tree right to the uh, left of the house in the full game? Yeah. Uh, where you can go up and you get, I think it's a levitation X or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, he talked about it would have been cool if we would have made it one of those, each time you go up to the next screen, you can't go further until you get the next item. So then you get another item, and you're like, okay, I can go up. And then you go up to that next screen, but then you need the next item to get up further. It's like, you know, so, yeah, yeah. It's like, like a tower of power. Right. That's badass. That's what's cool, because you can always make more games and like just save great ideas for later, you know? Put that in yes. my back pocket. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome, though. And that's the thing, like, is, you know, all the different nuances and... Um, the one thing that you mentioned over at Camp Out that always stuck with me is like you were enjoying watching how we tackled the game differently than you anticipated uh, while you were programming. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> I, I, I told Sean when I got back, I said, man, yeah, I wish you would have been there, man. It was amazing watching you guys play it. It was like one of the best things I've ever experienced, you know, like I can imagine. It was so cool watching everybody interact and saying, wait, no, don't do that. Do this. And then, you know, different people would go different directions when they trade controllers. And it was it was great. It was it was a really cool feeling just seeing that it is a game 
where people will have to judge for themselves which way they want to go and what they will do next. And it worked out perfectly on how we actually programmed and designed it and wanted it to be. So that it was just like, you know, I, I probably could have cried tears of joy, but then I would have looked like a sissy. So I grabbed a PBR and downed it. We were nice and uh, extremely liquored up by the end of that night. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's like ultimately the point too, because you you want people to enjoy the fruits of your labor, and you know it's mm. got to be just an incredible feeling. Jesus, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the other games that we didn't even mention is uh, NES Virus Cleaner is one of my favorites that you've programmed. That game is badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's you know, that, interesting. Oh yeah, it made it on its way. To, and the thing was, is I actually didn't enjoy it until I played it later, because I already had the game. I have, like, a signed copy for me or some crazy shit. I don't even know. But, uh, <laughs> but like, later on, when uh, Paul added it to the Homebrew World Championships 2012 cart, yes. like, I played it there, and through trying to get through that level as fast as possible, I mastered the controls. I didn't do it. I didn't master the controls initially, and I would play it for like a couple levels and die because of the time constraints. And then mm. later on, I played it, and I think I was playing it on my Nintendo Red Tent. We were chatting on chat, like live, while I was playing it, I think. And I maybe had like a video going through something, and you were watching me play it while we were drinking, and I got far as shit. And I was like, damn, this game is, it, it's, it slowly crept up on like one of my top favorite games that you, that you've done from Sly Dog. Cool. Well, uh, you'll be happy to hear that there's an update for that. Oh. <laughs> there, there's going to be an, uh, one of these 20 games is going to be an updated NES virus cleaner with a lot more added to it. Nice. It's, is it going to be like turn into like an adventure now? <laughs> Gotta take click no. on an adventure. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. It's, uh, Basically, think about it uh, when you update your actual virus programs. <laughs> nice. So it's going to be an updated NES, NES virus cleaner. You know, whatever year it gets done, NES virus cleaner, 2015, 2016, whatever. Nice. Well, that's definitely good news. Was it surprising to you that I actually mentioned that game? <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that to get mentioned at all. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I seriously thoroughly enjoyed it. And I know Kyle he enjoys it too, and it's it's one of those like single screen arcade games, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are classics. So you know, just pick it up a few minutes, have have a beer, and off to the next thing. You know. Yeah, yeah the, the design was definitely all about trying to make it arcade action style. You know, which that yeah, it's amazing in itself. And yeah, it's the thing though is that like, and you could tell though it was single screen. So it was before you started learning parts of the programming, like right. we were talking about. So I mean, it was it's really cool though to see like how it's transitioned and you know how you've now exploded in your interest in deving still, right? Oh yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> Sean and I talk on the phone. You know, we only live like five minutes away from each other, but we have problems actually making time to get together. But we talk on the phone. At least once every two nights, you know, and uh flesh things out, talk about what direction we're, we want to take certain things. And uh we're just really excited about the direction everything's going. We feel like we're both learning our crafts, you know, programming on my end, graphics on his end. 
we're both, you know, feeling really good about our direction, like really excited. And we, we just want people to experience what, what we see in our heads, you know? So uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're really drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and without seeing the dreams from a New Year's Eve. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. No uh, yeah. I, I think that's the one thing that Nintendo was lacking back in the day was the demented mind of Rob. <laughs> <laughs> if we had that, it would have been a much better Nintendo era. <laughs> I could have used it. So I'm probably going to pick up this game, man. Uh, Tell oh. us like where where we can get it and uh, everything like that. Plug it, plug uh, it. Retrousb.com, run by uh, Nintendo Age's own Bunny Boy. Oh yeah, old Bunny Boy. <laughs> and uh, I believe it's forty forty dollars. Yeah, I'm bad about you know this kind of thing. <laughs> That's not really bad at all for but, a uh, new game that kicks ass. Jesus. Yeah, I think it's around. I think it's forty dollars plus shipping. The Mad Wizard. Candelabra Chronicle, the first in a series of at least seven games, at least seven, possibly nine. That's madness. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Keep that going, man. While we have you on the line, and you can feel free to stay on, but we we like to cut up our podcast into parts. Um, right. What do you, what do you guys think we should do for next week's homework? Since we covered Wrecking Crew pretty well and thoroughly. Predator. Predator. I like it. Honestly, I got no reason not to play some Predator. I have not played enough Predator. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. I haven't either. That's, again, one of my favorite movies. Like, I haven't ever. worn a pink pants and shirt in a while. <laughs> I'm going to have to wear a pink pants and shirt while I play it. <laughs> if it's good enough for Mac, right? It's time dilly. <laughs> He's jogging to yes. Yeah, yeah, hold on. <laughs> You son of a bitch. <laughs> I never even thought of that. Everybody gives hell for Predator for the pink outfit, but yeah, what about they don't Mac? say anything about Mac. Jogging. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mac. What the hell, right? So then the video game bullshit homework for, for next week, we will uh, all partake in some Predator for right. the NES. Sounds like a fucking win. Definitely. <laughs> Perfect. Hell yeah. And um, so so what we're gonna do now is we're going to uh, take a nice little break. Uh, this break will be a you know where we stop the podcast. But uh, all right, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will see you guys next week. If you want to join us in the conversation, feel free to email us at vgbspodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, what we'll do is we'll read your emails live on the air. Um, and see what your experiences are with Predator. Um, it was good seeing you guys. Uh, this is, uh, Jeff and, you know, Kyle and Kevin and, uh, Rob from Sly Dog Studios. Uh, and hey. we will see you guys next week. Take it Later. easy.